It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady, and uh, week two of the high school football season. Almost in the books because there's a handful of games for for Friday, but uh, the bulk of them have been played. The question is, do we have any new answers to our old questions? But, uh, Brady, you saw a bust-out night. From well, Troy. I wouldn't even call it a bust-out night because we knew he was this good and we knew he could do something like this. But, um, yeah, four scores in the first half for Gavin Troy. And, honestly, they looked pretty effortless. He was having a game. Uh, he looked really solid. And depending on how exactly stats are scored, Amari Holler had – two or three touchdown passes. Um, we're, we're not 100% sure if a quarterback gets a touchdown on a hook and ladder, but he threw, threw three balls that ended up in the end zone. So he had a pretty good night as well. Uh, you saw the stars shine bright and cross Lex, but Richmond put up more of a fight than maybe we were expecting. Uh, Richmond played well, and you know what? It, it wasn't because Croslex didn't. Uh, it, it was a good football game, and the final score actually doesn't indicate how close it was. It was a four-point game in the fourth quarter. Croslex ends up pulling away by and winning by 19, and Grappi and Espinosa were the reason why. Uh, and we'll talk more about that, and it was a big bounce back for our MAC teams. They had to have it. They had to have a better week two than they did in week one. And we knew week one was going to be tough. But uh, we had a, a bad taste in our mouth, and, and they washed some of that soap out for us uh, with everybody coming back with a, a pretty clean effort uh, this week. And we'll get into that first. We'll get into the MAC yep. games first, uh, starting with PH, who you saw, and we'll do that in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. 
Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. and serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin has daily specials like Taco Tuesday, Polish Wednesday, Italian Thursday, Prime Rib Friday, Barbecue Rib Saturday, and Homestyle Sunday. Come and try Chef Susie's world-famous soups and sauces, too. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. We're all friends here. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, let's get the ball rolling uh, and uh, start with uh, Port here in high Red Hawks and the East Point Shamrocks. Uh, uh, Brady, uh, tell us about this game because I'm interested. Well, 35-12 is the final score, and that's no indication of how big of a blowout this game was. Port Huron wanted to. They could have won this game 60-something to nothing. I mean, East Point scored twice. One was on the backups. One was on the fifth quarter kids playing in the fourth quarter. Uh, PH pulled the shoot pretty early in the second half. Uh, they know they have Mac Blue play coming up. They know they have Warren Mott coming up. So, yeah, they, they basically said after the first series of the second half, hey, Amari, let me see your helmet. All right, you're not getting this back the rest of the game. Hey, Gavin, just get comfortable over here. Uh, you're not going to play in the second half. Getting some guys rest that they're going to need to lean on in bigger games. But as I mentioned in the intro, Gavin Troy had a big game and Amari Holler had a big game. So, uh, yeah, these highlights, all of them, by the way, came in the first half. So here's how it happened. And in motion, left to right, Gagora would snap, handoff Troy, middle again, 45-30. Jukes to the outside, 30, has room, 25-20, 15-10. No one's catching Gavin Troy. Touchdown, Red Hawks. Holler, claps, snaps, straight back, looking Adams' way, throws the out route, pitches it to Troy, 25-20, 15 10-5, the trick play. Net six points for Port here on high. Worked to perfection. It was Holler to Adams, pitched back to Troy, and it's six points, 13-0, Red Hawks on top. Holler by himself, trips right, twins left, snap, straight drop, Holler, four-man rush, he's got to avoid pressure, makes one man miss, there are three white jerseys, he avoids pressure, throws it to the near side, Troy catches it at 45-40, no one's going to catch him, Gavin Troy, third touchdown of the half, that went from a sure sack, Holler avoided three men in the backfield, dumped it off to Gavin Troy, and number 22 worked his magic, under center, 
Amari Holler, deep man, Gavin Troy, play action. Man comes off the edge, jump pass, wide open, catching in the flat, the 15, 10, 5, diving to the end zone. Isaiah Grimmett slipped out, and, well, all Zamari Holler had to do was not miss it. Excuse me, it was Parker Quinn who switched to number 20, Parker Quinn, with the touchdown. And, well, Port here on highs rolling. Holler from the gun. Twins right, one man to the left. Troy on his left hip. Holler claps the hand, snap, handoff. Troy right side. He's got room. Bouncing to the outside of the 15. Cuts up at the 10 of the 5 and into the end zone for the fourth time this half. Yeah, Amari, or Amari Holler and Gavin Troy. Pretty electric. And as we said before, if you give Gavin Troy an inch, he's going to take it to the end zone, get six points out of it. And as you can imagine, Dan Perkins was pretty happy with the win, but he knows some of the tougher games are out in front of him. Got a chance to talk with him after uh, this one. Here's Coach Dan Perkins, 35-12 win, but don't think the scoreboard really reflects how well you guys played, especially in the first half. Scored essentially on five of six drives. You had the ball when time ran out, but first six drives, five touchdowns, four of them come on the hands of Gavin Troy. Had to love what you saw from your offense tonight. Yeah, we got some special kids, and uh, if they can get creases and seams, which we were able to do, uh, they can do some really exciting things. So uh, we were very happy with what happened there, especially the first half, yeah. You know, everyone gets caught up with the points and the flash, but your defense was getting the ball back pretty quickly, forced a fumble, I think three or four sacks in the first half, and it felt like East Point's defense, they'd get on the sideline, they'd take a breath, and then they'd have to get ready to come back out there. I'm sure you're happy with at least the first half of your defense as well. You know what, after what happened last week and uh, having the contain issues we did last week, we really focused in on that, and the, the, their quarterback is very mobile. And I think we did a really good job of wrapping him into the pocket and uh, the amount of times that they throw. Now, they drop some passes, but uh, with the amount of times they throw, he was under duress all night, and that was really good to see. Compared to last week, uh, it was really good to see that our up-front guys and our, our blitzing backers got after him. Um, so we were real pleased with that, and we kind of didn't let him breathe. You were able to put it in neutral a bit, cruise control, when you took some of the starters out, some guys that are going to have to play a lot of snaps in big games. Amari, Gavin, Noah, the rest didn't have to play a lot of snaps in the second half. How big is that going into conference play that, especially on a long week, you can get them a little extra rest? It's it's even multiplied because of Warren Mott. Um, that's always a really good team. So, yeah, we're uh, very happy with that. And, uh, you know, the other part of that was at the uh, – when we were subbing, uh, you know, individually, not a whole group, our guys did a really good job within our scheme uh, of doing some things that uh, they, they really shined, some backup players. So uh, we're real pleased with all that, yeah. Well, Coach, congrats on the win, and good luck next week at Mott. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, it, it sounds like Perk's pretty excited after this one. Oh, yeah. I mean, anytime you, you go up 35 nothing, I mean, they played really well, and you get a chance to get those young guys in, take advantage of the fifth quarter rule, and get guys that played in the JV game into that and get them the experience, let them know what it takes to play at that level and and get through that. Yeah, you're going to be excited as a head coach, especially when you don't have to grind one out a week before you're, you're starting. And I'll tell you what, Perk is not going to overlook Mott. He's not th- – thinking anything past Warren Mott he he knows going down there is always a challenge 
and they want to start Mac Blue playoff on the right foot. But man, this was a uh, just an exciting game for Gavin Troy. It, and it wasn't anything fancy. I mean, yeah, he caught the flea flicker, so you have that. But there's run up the middle, bounce to the outside. Outside zone, all right, receivers made a few nice blocks, just win the race to the edge. That's all he needs to do. Catch a pass, make two guys miss, gone. He is shifty, he is fast, and he is every bit of a weapon that any team around the area would be dying to have. Yeah. Well, I said it last year after seeing him a couple of times. If he gets through the first layer of your defense, you're in trouble. Yes. Because he gets into that open space and you can't catch him. Unless you have a lot of dudes in the secondary, unless you're a team that's stacked like maybe an anchor bay is, yeah, you can't let him get past that first line because he gets in the open space, he's shifty, he's fast, and the the biggest knock on him, I guess, is he he's just not gifted with a bunch of height and that's why he's not getting a lot of college offers. But tell you what, he's a gamer and anyone who watched that knows that he has that ability to play at the next level. So he was, as in as advertised, the one touchdown where Holler threw it to Gavin, they both should have been tackled like four different times. And it ends up with six points on a, like a third and 17 or something. It was after a bad snap, and yeah, it was it was just unfair. It felt like they went, all right, let's run the touchdown play. Yeah, And that's basically what they did. And believe it or not, PH went three and out on their first drive of this game. And I'm sitting, all right, uh-oh, are we going to have a low-scoring East Point game again? And then, yeah, floodgates opened. And if PH wanted to in the second half, if they kept their starters out there, East Point wouldn't have crossed midfield. And PH would have probably put up uh, three or four more touchdowns because they had the ball in East Point territory going into the half. And they just said, nah, we're good. So uh, don't look at the score and go, all right, it wasn't that much. It, it was a butt kicking, and it was like they, it was not a 23-point game. Yeah. It was closer to a 53-point game. All right, uh, big bounce back for Port here on Northern. They beat uh, Warren Fitz on the road, 26-14. Mm-hmm. Ty Fletcher struggled in week one. There were five picks. He bounces back with two touchdown passes uh, in this uh, game. Now, I'm not saying I'm ready to make him MVP of the area, but the thing for me and and Fletcher is just get better every week this season so that by week nine, you're a really good quarterback. Or at least by week five, you're hitting your stride. Yeah. By, so you're playing your best ball when the Crosstown Showdown comes around, and now you're building a little bit of confidence, and I think he's found a new target that he likes in Lincoln Watkins. Yeah, and this is a guy that we haven't really talked about much. We're kind of They didn't want us to say well, much we about him. Well, we weren't sure with him coming back, transferring. If you don't know, he was at De La Salle, transferred to Northern if he was going to be eligible to play. Yeah. So we weren't sure if he was going to be there. Yeah, so they're they're, we're, we're, they're like, don't hype him up because we don't even know if he's going to play yet. Well, he right. played. He caught a touchdown pass for the opening score, and then he blocked a punt and scooped it up and scored their second uh, touchdown. Plays like that are what made the Huskies so good last year. They, they blocked a million punts last season. And are you shocked they blocked another one? And the score doesn't wow you, so it, it's – I guess I don't know what to take away from this game, Dennis, because – Fitz played Mott kind of tough, but then Mott, what? They lost 14-7, to I think, to Gross Point North tonight. I'll double-check. 
So, did they win that game 17-14 uh, or lose 17 Oh, they, they won 17-14. to 14, Excuse yeah. me. So... So, I mean, I don't yeah. know what Gross Point North is. So um, Fitz has played two games against Mac White teams, a white or Mac, and a blue. Mac Mac White and a Mac Blue team, or no, two Mac Blue teams. Yeah, Mac two Mac Blue. I'm used to. And they've lost by two touchdowns in both games. So Fitz is at least a decent team. I think we can say that they have two games on on the ledger that say they at least know how to put their their football pads on and go out there and and play a competitive game. Now, what you make of the other teams in the blue and other teams on Northern schedule, that's yet to be determined, but I think Northern needed a win. Going down to Warren, I don't care if what school you go to, it's going to be a tougher road trip. And Fitz is usually a lot tougher at home than they are on the road. So Northern can, get, can come home next week, and I think – they're going to like being in the confines of Memorial Stadium. I think they need that after a couple of tough road games to start the year. Well, here's, uh, I'm going to take this as a big positive for, for these reasons. 38 points they gave up last week, and I know that the defense was put in a tough spot with a lot of short fields, but they only gave up 14. That's northern defense. Right. And the offense went and it from was scoring three points to getting four touchdowns. Well, well, I guess technically three because you had the block punt. But still, putting up points, and it was what? If it's well, I'll take three touchdowns over three points. That's a big improvement. Fitz had, what, eight points until the last, like, five minutes when yeah. Fitz scored again just a desperation comeback attempt. So they held Fitz at bay for a while. Um, Lance Cruz North is going to be an interesting game next week, and I don't want to start doing next week's shows now, but Mac Blue play is going to be very interesting. Like, I just don't know what to take from that. Uh, I know they were supposed to play Cousino tonight. I didn't see a score on that one. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm just uh, – here's my feel without having seen all, all the scores. I know Frazier lost – Mm-hmm. Um, Frazier, I think, is down. Uh, I still think the two Port Huron schools are the two best teams in the blue, but after week two as opposed to the preseason, I might put the Red Hawks ahead of the Huskies now, and I had the Huskies ahead of the Red Hawks just slightly in the preseason. Well, I guess the great thing is we're going to find out starting next week, but the two Mac Blue teams get a win, and all three Mac Silver teams get a win. Marysville 42, Hazel Park nothing. This is what I needed to see, and, well, yes. they delivered. This makes me feel a lot better because what showed up in Elmont was not what I expected and not nearly good enough. And you got a team that Imlay City mauled last mm. week. You got a go to Hazel Park, bus drive, be damned, and you got to maul them, and that's what they did. Yes, and that's why I'm happy that Marysville got a big win. Um, I'll be honest, if they came back and they won 28-15, to 15, I'd be going, all right, what's going on in Marysville? But they get a dominant win in a game they should have gotten a dominant yeah. win in. So not going to. Say anything else besides you did what you were supposed to do. Good job. I think you have a South Lake team coming up that's ripe for the pickings. So I believe that game's still on the road. I know they were putting turf down at Marysville. 
I don't know how extensive of a process that is. I don't know if it's like carpet. You go staple, staple, staple. All right, we're good to go. Or it's a three-week process, but it's supposed to be at Marysville. If the turf's not ready, it's at Southlake, yeah. from what I understand. Yeah, originally this was a home game, and then at one point we thought it was going to be a road game, and it looked like they were going to play their first five on the road or something like that. But, Either first um, four, because their next schedule home game is Marine City in yeah. week five. So, but uh, wherever they play this game, they'll play it with Marysville feeling a lot better after a a 42 0 win. St. Clair gets it done. They beat Warren Lincoln 22 2. So, what what do I get out of this? I get that I really like the Saints' defense. Right, because they didn't give up a point. Um, And and I, I hate to keep picking on the offense for the Saints, but. I, need I was hoping a, for more than 22 well, against Lincoln, and I don't want to, you know, again, Lincoln is, is Lincoln, but um, look at a the bad offense last year scored 28 on Lincoln. Look at the anatomy of the 22 points. 135 total yards for St. Clair. Warren Lincoln turned the ball over six times. Now, hats off to the defense for forcing six turnovers. Four picks, two fumbles. Good job. But the you, offense has got to cash that in. You got six turnovers, and at most you scored on half of those turnovers. And if you didn't, and you scored on a drive where you you got a punt or a kickoff, then that's even a less uh, or a worse conversion rate for St. Clair's offense. Um, but all that being said, they beat a team by twenty points tonight and got a win that they were supposed to get. So I'm going to be happy with that. Yes, because they're going to have a tough one next week. They're playing Marine City, but hey, Peyton Ellis, a couple of touchdown runs. That's good to see. Luke Gabriel, a touchdown run. We like to see that. All came from inside the 10-yard line. Defense can keep forcing turnovers. You think the offense will eventually find its level. They'll eventually figure it out. But holding the team to 104 points, two thumbs up. That's a great job. Six turnovers. Great job. Defense has been doing its job at St. Clair for like two, three years now. Can the offense just find, again, this is what you need to average about 24 to 28 points. I think I asked for, what, 30 or four yeah. touchdowns? So I came up. they came up one short for my goal for them. But they got a win, and your defense, they pitched a shutout. The offense was the one that gave up the two points. Yeah, or special teams. Yeah. It was a safety. I I don't know. It doesn't say how the safety happened. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. um, One thing, just looking at the box score I got and something you need to improve on, on third and fourth down, they were three of 11. Got to improve there. Oh, by the way, Lincoln also won a four on fourth down. So unless they fumbled or threw a pick on any of those fourth downs, that's essentially nine turnovers. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, again, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the stat that matters the most, and that's 22 to two. Uh, the Saints get the win, and, and they're one and one. Yeah. So, they, and maybe, hopefully, with a young team, it was something to the effect of you get a win, you feel good, and you just need some positive momentum going into a big game against the Marine City team that's going to be tried for manslaughter after beating Clawson 62 to three. You knew this was coming. Uh, we both knew this was uh, coming a- after what happened at Armada in week one. That is unacceptable. 
for the Mariners, and you knew that poor Clawson was going to come into town. And I'm sorry that I'm going to upset all our PETA uh, people <laughs> out there, but they clubbed them like a baby seal. Yeah, say lambs to a slaughter. Yeah. And it was a, yeah, that's everything you expected. I mean, honestly, I was thinking more in the 49 to 6 range, but 62 to 3 is a heck of a lot better. <laughs> uh, I'm guessing they got a lot of young guys some work and exercised maybe some demons. And after getting beat up a little bit, it's not a bad thing to turn around and, and beat someone else up before a big rivalry game against St. Clair because... That, that's a good palate cleanser game, I guess is the best way to put it. Put the Armada game behind you. You dominate Clawson. I mean, this game, I think, at halftime was like 42 to nothing. So and, not, and, and nothing after else to say, really. Everybody losing last week, everybody wins this week comfortably. Because even that Northern score, that was 26 to 8 late. Right. And they gave up a late score. So everybody won comfortably. Nobody really had too many stressed-out minutes in their games uh, tonight. Um, I want to throw this in here because – Real quick, by the way, the three points for Clawson was a 40-plus-yard field goal. Wow. So That's it's a not, good kick. That is a good kick. It reminds me of the uh, story. I think it still might be. I'll double-check as I talk. But I believe the state record for longest kick in a game or like one of the three uh, longest field goals in an MHSAA game came against Marine City. It was a kid from Tower. And I'm like, oh, and I looked up the score, and it was like 55-3. to three. <laughs> And I think it was like at the end of the game, they said, oh, you're like, he's got a leg. Let's try it. And he hit it. And I guess, like, I, I think I was reading an article that they went crazy. And, yeah, it's, it's kind of what that reminded me of. For let me just double check this. Well, while you're quick. doing that, I want to because Anchor Bay and Gross Point South played the two Port Huron schools in Week One. They played each other tonight, and Anchor Bay won that game, twenty-one to seven. Yeah, but it was so it was Doug Kachansky. He had a fifty-nine yarder. Wow! In high school, yes, that's long in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> it was like in a 55-3 to game back in 1994, and I just love that. A big, wow. dramatic, damn near 60-yard kick <laughs> was made in an absolute blowout. But, yeah, Anchor Bay 21, Gross Point South 7. Uh, I mean, the transit property doesn't work, but it gives you maybe a little more of an idea, clears up the picture a hair more, and it's just another feather in a cap that PH competed, and then Anchor Bay turns around and beats the defending Mac White champ. So you're going, all right, Anchor Bay is an, is an all right team. Yeah, I, I I think they're they're pretty good. Again, at the end of the season, maybe the the wins and losses won't bear it out, but keep in mind they're playing in the red. Um, and and they and that's where they want to play. That's where they want to be, and they want to become a program. By the way, one other max score that doesn't really mean a lot, but I just thought was very interesting. Roseville's just a wagon this year. They beat Romeo thirty-three thirty. Yeah, so they're uh, off to a two and zero start after forty-one nothing over. Was it Rice? Brother Rice? Yeah, and now they beat Romeo. Jeez, look out for Roseville. I think they're gonna just tear through the Mac White. Well, I'm glad they're in the white and not in the gold where they were like two years ago. <laughs> right. like, what? what? And then they jumped up to the 
white where they belong. But, yeah. hell, they might be the team going up to the red next year. Good. I mean, that was <laughs> – I'm just saying, that, like, for a team that's caught my eye, it was uh, – Two very as impressive of a pair of wins as you'll see across the state. So yeah. I just wanted to throw that in there because we mentioned last week they beat Brother Rice and then they followed up with a Romeo win. And they're a team Northern could possibly see in the playoffs. Yeah, that is a uh, high possibility. All right, uh, three games in the BWAC. One was actually played yesterday. We'll break those down, including the game that I saw between Crosslex and Richmond in just a moment. Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Feel more confident and in control of your financial life. Ameriprise Advisors can work with you to provide personalized, goal-based advice based on your short and long-term goals. Plus, you can track your investments and financial solutions with our digital tools and regular meetings. Call Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial services llc member finra and sipc mattress king has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years with locations in port huron richmond lapeer chesterfield and hall road they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs mattress king carries all the top brands such as serta stearns and foster sealy eye comfort and tempur-pedic not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews they also offer interest-free financing and no credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit once you get your mattress they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up when you think sleep think mattress king Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales. Just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. 
If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. BWAC play started on Wednesday with the Almont Elginac uh, game uh, at the uh, the Swamp, uh, and we were both at this one. Uh, Brady, you were calling the game, uh, yeah, and and I was uh, over on the other side of the uh, the field. I watched the first half where you could actually see the lines. And yeah, see well, I tried to tell you, but but I like being in a press box. I but know. anyway. Um, so what side do you want me to start with? You want let's start with the victors. Let's start with Almont. Uh, their defense is really good. They've now had eight scoreless quarters. Now, have they played a, a top tier opponent? Maybe not. But that defense swarms. Like they have the nose for the football. They have the mentality that one's guy gets stood up, and it feels like you see four more. The helmets going over to the ball, trying to knock them out, knock them down, and get that ball out, or or just not let them get that extra yard. And Algonac felt that. Um, I like what Algonac tries to do. They, the quarterback went down week one, wasn't playing in week two. Not a good time for your quarterback to go down when you have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, oh, four days and two of them are weekends and you're probably not practicing Saturday, so like two and a half days notice for Evan Sadler to come in at quarterback. And it it looked the part that he was on a short week being asked to come in as a backup. Yeah, and and, and running offense, I'm sure he knows all the running plays. Right. Um, because he's generally a running back, but um, that didn't stop. This is what I liked about Algonac. It didn't stop them from doing what they do. They threw the ball. They, you know, they they tried some different things. Running up the middle wasn't working, so they tried to go outside. They tried some jet sweeps. They tried some some pitch plays. They tried to throw the ball, um, and. I can appreciate that. I got one complaint about Algonac in this <laughs> entire football game, and that was it was 7 nothing, and they were 4th and 3 at, like, their own 42, and they decided to punt, and I'm like, why not just go for it? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. The, the book and everything that you're taught about everything is you punt there, but I'm like, you are the underdog. You didn't play last year. You're looking at fourth and three. Just go tell your kids, go out and try and get these three yards and and let them feel good about themselves. Because what's the to me, what's the difference? Right. Because what the, what they ended up punting. The punt went twenty yards and Almont scored three plays later anyways. Now I get it, you don't want to turn the ball over at the forty and give them an easy touchdown. They got an easy touchdown anyways. Go for it. And if you make it, there's so much positive that comes out of it. Even if the drive stalls later on. There's just so much positive out of that three yards to where I would have just gone for it. Yeah. Now, I'm, it's easy for me to say I don't have a stake in it, but that that was just – and you know me. I'm the most conservative guy in the room. Yes, you are. I, I, I don't go for it unless I absolutely have to. But that was just a situation where I just looked at it and said, you know, you're the underdog here. You're not supposed to win this game. Just go for it. Go for it and see if you can make it and do something like really positive that you can take back, and, and that's a moment that you can build on. Yeah, well, Elmont seems like they have some pretty good players, and they I, I want to see them play Armado. I want to see them play Cross Lex. Heck, 
I want to see how the game would go when they play Yale or or even Richmond at this point after what Richmond did. But I like what the Raiders have. I think they fly around pretty well, and they just – you're right, Dennis. You said it last week that it happens like that. Like, Algonac got a three and out on the first series, and then they had them, what, third and 19, and they ran an off-tackle play, and they got 22 yards. They they lined up with their three men in the backfield, tight end either side, and just went, here you go, Batani, off left tackle, boom, first down. There was no trickeration to it. It was their bread and butter, and it got them a big play. Um, yeah, I just think Algon- or Almont is going to be a really tough team, and the last two weeks, the stock for the Raiders has gone up. Now, I want to see what they do against some some premier competition. But unfortunately for them, and by no fault of their own, their schedule has them waiting just a bit longer to, to finally play them. They'll play Emily City next week in North Branch um, in week four, which we'll talk about that in a moment. But Dennis, you were up in Crosslex. It was a 29-10 yeah. Crosslex win. Just a couple, Go ahead. Two, two final points about Elmont. Uh, number one, uh, they've again, they've got a lot of home run hitters, and it's different guys. It was Stewart in week one, and then uh, this week, Batani had the the big game. Um, and also, folks, they're throwing the ball a little more than we're used to seeing Elmont throw the ball, and it's working. Uh, they had right. 130 yards passing and three touchdowns in the first half of this game and then didn't have to throw the ball in the second half. But uh, Dave Dowski, he was 6-7, and he was throwing some dimes. Yes, and that, much like Armada, makes that run game so much more dangerous because now it's pick your poison. Think to stop either of those two teams, the, the big key is going to be have a defensive line that can hold its water, and you can stop a player with seven guys in the box, which every defensive coordinator listening is going, well, no, duh, if I could have four linemen that could hold their water and I could just <laughs> sit in base all night, yeah, I'd look, it'd make my job pretty easy. But that's what's going to make them tough is they might not be a great throwing teams, but both of them, at least from what I've seen early, are good enough to where it makes life tough and you can't just commit all to the run. All right. You ready to go up to Crosslex yep. and talk about this Cro- one? Crosslex, uh, Richmond, uh, we crunched the numbers from the last three seasons. It has not been good, and this game has been over quick uh, between these two teams. But in this game, uh, you know, it was a defensive struggle. The first quarter was scoreless, and Richmond was winning the field position battle because uh, on special teams, they, they've got another gifted kicker. Uh, and, Might be better, and uh, he 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 pinned him. Uh, Bar- Bartels pinned him at the one with one kick, and he pinned him at the eight with another kick, and that makes a difference because even if a team drives out a little bit, they still got a long ways to go. Right, give them thirty yards; they're not even at midfield. Yeah, so I mean, it made a difference, and they kept this game close. I also thought in the first half that Richmond played a little close to the vest and that it was their game plan to have this game within reach when the second half started. I like that idea. And, and it was. Uh, Crosslex didn't score till the middle of the second quarter, and it was 7 nothing at halftime. And then there were a little more fireworks in the second half, and we'll talk more about it, but let's get to the highlights first. Second, we'll call it 8 from about the thirteen. Three receivers with the twins right. 
But they're running. Groppy straight ahead to the 10. Groppy still on his feet to the 5. Groppy is into the end zone for a pioneer touchdown. 13 yards. And Croslex is able to break the scoreless tie and get a Groppy touchdown. Out of the gun, Benetti looking from the 29. He's firing deep. He's got a man out there. It's Browning, and he's got it for the score. Jalen Browning streaking down the near sideline, catches a 29-yard touchdown pass, and Richmond is an extra point away from tying the game. Another high snap. Espinosa rolling out, throwing deep. Got a man wide open, and it's caught. Touchdown, Pioneers. Cody Mativier was wide open on the far side, and he hauls it in, and it's a touchdown for the Pioneers on a 45-yard hookup. Good snap, good hold, great-looking kick, and right down the middle from 38 yards out. Colton Bartels tightens the game a little bit. The field goal will make it 14 to 10 for the Pioneers with uh, 11.49 still to play here in the fourth quarter. Third and goal from the one. And straight ahead goes Espinoza. He did keep it and he scores. A pioneer touchdown, and actually he got through there. It looked pretty easily. That's a big score for the Pioneers. Hands it off. Groppy first down and more. Look out. He breaks free. 15, 10, 5. Forget it. Belly. Groppy's into the end zone. A 27-yard touchdown run right up the middle for his second score of the game, and that one will put this one away with 50 seconds to go. How tough of a game this was. So 29 to uh, 10 would be the uh, final score in this one. But Croslex got uh, 15 of its 29 points in the fourth uh, quarter. The last touchdown came with 50 seconds uh, to go, uh, Brady. Uh, Richmond played tough in this game. But the Richmond offense in the second half is what I wish I could have seen for the whole game. Well, I get why you come out and you're conservative because it's been a game that the last two, three years has been over by the first quarter. Um, So you want to keep it close, control the pace. And, Dennis, be honest with you. What's the best way to stop belly groppy? Don't let him be on the damn field and don't let him touch the ball. And how do you do that? You control the time of possession and slowly work your way down the field. Um uh, I guess my question for you is, was this more Richmond stepped up and played with Croslex or the Pioneers struggled? No, I, again, I'm, I'm going to say this again. Croslex didn't uh, – uh, did they play an A-plus powerhouse? No. but uh, and, and did Richmond go above and beyond spectacular? It was just two football teams met at the center of the field mm-hmm. and played a good, hard – fought football game. I thought both teams played well. Both teams made mistakes. And then there's probably things that they could do better. Um, I think Richmond had a pretty good game plan and a pretty good idea of how to keep this score close and give themselves a chance. 
and they were down four points early in the fourth quarter before it got away from them. The biggest difference for me between these two teams is star power. Mm-hmm. Crosslex has got two dudes on offense. Belly Grappi, 27 carries. He never gets tired. It takes. It seems like later in the game it takes more guys to tackle him than early in the game. He had 157 yards. He scored two touchdowns. He just he gets the ball. He makes two yard runs exciting because he gets hit in five yards in the backfield and ends up making a two yard gain. And for those seven yards, he's dragging five guys with him. He's just so strong. He just won't go down. And Espinoza is dynamic. He had. 111 yards on 13 carries. Probably half of those were designed runs, and the other half where he just scrambles. He's rolling out looking to throw to, oh, nobody's open. Okay, I'm just going to take off, and I'm faster than everybody else. Right. Um, and, 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 again, he only completed two passes, but one of them was a 45-yard bullet to Montivier, or to Mativier for an easy touchdown. Um is it? Those those two guys win them football game, won them this football game for sure. Is it crazy for me to say it was what one fifty seven on twenty seven carries for? Um, yep, Grappy. Is it crazy to say that even though that's just under six yards a pop and he scored twice, Richmond didn't do that bad of a job keeping him in relative check? Well, it, it was weird because in the first quarter he had nine carries for twenty seven yards. But at halftime, he was up to 84 yards on 16 carries, so he had a big second quarter, and that was the quarter he scored his touchdown in. In the third quarter, the way it worked out, he only had two carries. He had two carries, and he was up, and he still got, uh, what do you, what do you get there on, on two carries? He got 18 yards. <laughs> right. And then in the fourth quarter, you know, they started feeding him the ball again, and, and he chews up the clock, and he chews up yards, and Espinoza runs around. They get into third and long, and Espinoza can run them to a first down. They they get into anything in short, and Grappi's going to get the yards for the first down. Right. That that's the power of that team, and then their defense is pretty good. Um, and and for me, Richmond just doesn't have those guys. They don't have bad players. I, I like like I like this Dominic Benetti, and he's just a freshman. Uh, he's going to be good. Um, I like Jalen Browning. I wish they did more with him. Mm-hmm. I, I wish he got more opportunities, but he plays defense. He had an interception in the game, and they think his value is on that side of the, of the ball. Hard so to argue when you get a pick. Yeah, so so he, he, he doesn't play. Uh, Joey Simmons, non-existent in the first half. Two big catches on the first drive of the second half, and then again, where well, was he? And he's a defensive guy, though, more than yeah. he's an offensive guy. I mean, he was a guy that was all over the field against uh, St. Clair making big plays. And I thought uh, Connor uh, Bergeon had a good game, too. But, again, he, he there there were stretches where they didn't use him a lot. It's, it's like he, his first two carries, he had 17 yards, and then he didn't – they went away from him, and he didn't get a carry for, you know – Seven eight minutes, mm-hmm. um, and and I just you know, uh, 
if you got something that works, work it until it gets stopped. Right. Uh, and I just I, – I love Anthony Benetti. We've loved Anthony Benetti for a long time. But he was 7 out of 20 for 104 yards, and it just seems to me like he's out there running around because when Crosslex blitzed and sent extra guys, Richmond didn't do a good job of picking it up. That was one area where they struggled was when Crosslex came – they didn't do a good job of stopping it, and Benetti didn't have a lot of time to throw. There, there was a play late in the game. It was a fourth and three. If it's Crosslex, Grappi or Espinosa just runs it straight ahead and mm-hmm. gets them the yards. Richmond had to try to roll out before the play was over. The line of scrimmage was the Crosslex 32. Benetti was on his own side of the 50-yard line. He was back at the 45, running for his life. So I guess – nutshell this all feeling a little better about Richmond even though they lost um and I think the the way I would put it with how you described it is Richmond has a really good supporting cast they have a lot of nice players but they need that around a go-to guy and well let's just talk about the elephant in the room Trey Graham's not on the team anymore he was a guy expected to be a big part but is that the type of guy they need at a receiver, or are you thinking more they need that, I guess, breakaway running back type player? They just need that guy that everybody's afraid of, you know? Right. That everybody's like, oh, they're going to give so-and-so the ball and we're in trouble. But And, they, and uh, the, uh, there just isn't, to me, there just isn't that guy when they, when they line up where you go, oh, keep an eye on so-and-so or else. Right. You know, so... But you do they have big play capability? Yes, they do. They they had uh, several plays that were thirty yards or or, or more. But the, there's just like I, I when Crosslex takes the field, no matter where they're at, they're at their one yard line, and I feel like they can hand it off to Grappi in the middle of his own end zone, and he can go all the way down the field and score. Richmond doesn't have that guy. Well, it's easy to say you need that guy because I think anyone would take a belly grappy. He's a special player. and But that's what I mean. They've got special players. You look at the good teams, and they all have special. That's why they're good teams. Right. And why Rich, Richmond is not a bad team, but Richmond's probably going to finish in the middle of the BWAC because they don't have that guy. If they had that guy, we'd be talking about Richmond challenging Armada and Crosslex and Elmont for the top of the league. Because well, they're good enough. Like like you say, they have a good enough cast. They're just missing a couple of studs. Richmond is in an oppor- has an opportunity to make a nice little run. Hey, you want to prove you're a pretty good squad here your next four games, your next month of football. Algonac, Yale, Emily City, North Branch. You don't have to play Almont. You don't have to play Armada. Those are your last two games. Go 3-1 and one in that stretch, and now we're going, all right, this Richmond team's turned a corner, and maybe some of these guys that we saw flashes from have become a stud that could be one of those guys that you're talking about, Dennis. Yeah. So I just uh, I, I feel like that's the one piece that they're missing, but otherwise they're a solid football team. Uh, but they play in a tough conference where the top teams have those guys. Uh, so I think North Branch is a pretty good football team, and maybe we started digging a grave that uh, shouldn't have been dug. Well, because... we just don't know. And right. When you don't get to, to see them and you don't know what their week one opponent, how good they actually 
are or aren't. So for context, North Branch, if you didn't know, played Forest Hills Eastern week one. They lost 21-6. to Forest Hills Eastern went out and beat South Haven. Now I don't know if South Haven's good, bad, or indifferent, but they beat another team 47-14. to Took care of business. North Branch beats MLA City 52-7. to And this is a game we thought might be interesting. It wasn't interesting. Uh, Joe Cook, he couldn't join us tonight, but he was out there at the game. And just to paraphrase his thoughts, basically said the the quarterback for North Branch, Braden Robinson, thought he was a pretty good runner, a slippery guy. And it feels like, well, that's just a nice type of player to take the torch from Will Damasca from last year. Thought the best player on the field, at least offensively, for North Branch was Kevin Gorman running around as a running back, fullback. Said he's one of those guys that you can't just take down with an arm tackle. So some nice pieces to work with for North Branch. Obviously, you score 52 points. You're doing it well offensively. Said the biggest thing for MLA City was consistency. He said on the first five possessions resulted in a turnover after moving the ball a little bit. So... Maybe some growing pains for the Spartans. And also said North Branch just out-physicaled them and was bigger and stronger. And that's the non-negotiable. Don't care what offense you run, any, whatever you do. You can't hold the line. It's not going to work out well. And, and we know that North – I mean, that was one thing we did know about North Branch that with guys like Bickle and that, right. that they were big up front and that they were going to be physical. So that that North Branch beating Imlay City and I, I was worried that week one was a little bit of fool's gold and that maybe Hazel Park was that bad. But um, but uh you know the, the for me the this takes a little bit of a bite out of Imlay City for me, but I'm still not sure what to make of that team. Uh and again uh it, this tells me Okay, North Branch can still beat the 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 middle of the pack and and lower uh, in the pack BWAC teams, but I've got to see them against one of the the big three to really get a gauge on well, how good they you are. You won't get North Branch. Well, I guess depending on what happens tonight, as you're listening to this, North Branch plays Yale next week. So depending on the result against Armada, that game could tell you a lot. Yeah. Um. So obviously, North or Armada Yale is. Tonight, Friday, um, depending on when you're listening to this, heck, maybe you got a little delayed and you're not listening to this till after the game. But if it's before 7 o'clock on Friday night on September 1st, I'll, I'll be out there for doing the game. So from Yale Park, a very interesting game that I think uh, a lot of the BWAC's going to be paying attention to. Uh, it was the talk of the booth tonight in, in Croswell. Croswell and Richmond people going, I don't, you know, really interested to see what that – because they were all asking – how good is Armada? How good is Armada? And all I could tell them is I haven't seen him yet, but it sounds like they're pretty good. Yes, indeed they are. So that will be a fun one. 7 o'clock kickoff between Armada and Yale. Remind, reminder, just a programming note, moving to Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings for our shows the next uh, seven, eight weeks for the rest of football season. So no show on Labor Day, but you'll have it in your – in your Spotify, your Apple Music, wherever you get it on Tuesday morning. We'll talk about Armada and Yale, and we'll also talk about Marlette playing uh, USA and Memphis Carroll are the other Friday night games. Yep, three games on uh, Friday night. There's still some games up in the thumb to talk about, and we'll do that next.
Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. Call us at 800 848 5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810-987-2185. This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref! That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right. Uh, Mooney went on the road to uh, Saginaw to take on Michigan Lutheran Seminary tonight. Uh, Cardinal Mooney falls in this one 21-14. But, uh, Brady, you gotta, you've got a really positive feel for, for Mooney, even though they're 0-2. Yeah, so without – no, I believe uh, Seminary took the lead in the fourth quarter. It was 14-14, I believe, and it was – the final was 21-14 after that score. But they played two tough games. They brought in Harbor Beach, and I know it was technically a two-score game, but to simplify it, it was three touchdowns to two. Played a good Harbor Beach team tough. And Harbor Beach validated that with their result tonight, beating Cass City. Talk about that in a minute. Then they go up to Saginaw and play a Lutheran seminary team that was good last year. I think they're kind of in a similar spot to Mooney where they lost some pretty good athletes, but they're still going to be a decent program. And lost 21-14. I fully expect this Cardinal Mooney team to go out there and 
rattle off uh, uh, quite a few wins in a row. I just, I'm almost more encouraged. Now, if they would have won these games, I would have been very happy. But I think they played two teams pretty tough. And I think this is how when you're a young team and you're a team that is trying to find the consistency of year over year, these are the games you have to play. You learn more about this than they would have if they played Parkway Christian to start the year um, and won 56-14. They learn more about themselves in these two games. They play Cranbrook Shrine Lakes next. I think they're going to win all three of those games, and I think they're going to win all three of those comfortably. And I think it could set up a very fun game with Clarkson Everest that we're trying to figure out what exactly they are because they got blown out by Ubley, but everyone and their brother gets blown yeah. out by Ubley. And they bounced back and won handily tonight. I don't think they played anyone particularly good. No, if I, but, but they won like Detroit, Douglas. They play New Lothrop next week. There's another measuring stick for that. But... I can very much see Cardinal Mooney being 3-2 and two going into that Everest game. But Cabrini, they should be favorite. Liggett, they got a win tonight, right? Yeah, if Liggett I, won 50-something to nothing. They beat Lutheran Westland. Yeah. Okay. I still think at worst right now I'd be putting Cardinal Mooney at number two in this league. And you know what? Let's see what Everest is with a little more, a little more seasoning on them, but... I respect the fact they went out and played two tough teams, yeah. and I respect the fact that they played them pretty tough, very similar games. Now go win some games and, and make that next step, take an evolution. Coach Killian, after his first two games, I'm sure he'll evolve. I'm sure these players will evolve, and they'll take that next step. I know that's 0-2, and, and I, don't know, I know they don't want to hear moral victories, but I like the way they've played the first two games. I expect them to still end with a winning record, even yeah. though they're 0-2. I, I do, too, and I, I expect uh, I'll see that Cranbrook game uh, a week from Saturday, and I'm expecting to see a win. Right. And, and I'm, with, I'm with you. I, I think they'll take care of business uh, there. All right, so talking about taking care of business, Ubley 42, Laker nothing. <laughs> and actually, this wasn't as bad of a blowout. Laker Kept it out of running time to start the second half. It was only 28-0, and Ubley had to struggle a little bit to get it to that point. Oh, those poor Ubley kids. Now well, they're going to they're gonna gonna have to plow the fields a second time. <laughs> Ubley, uh, Ubley is just dumb. So good. It's it's not fair. This but, one, uh, this, this one uh, caught me, and uh, uh, Beach... Not only beat Cassidy, but they beat him by a couple of uh, scores. So, so Gall Gallagher lied to me when he told me well, Cassidy was special. Well, this one is a little misleading. Um, I'm just double-checking this to make sure. But I believe with about three minutes left, it was 14-12 Cassidy. Yeah, it was with 151 left is when Harbor Beach scored to take the lead 20-14. to and then they got a stop and got a score with like 10 seconds left to make it a two-score game. So if, if a football game was 46 minutes instead of 48, Cass City might be celebrating a win. Instead, it's a two-score loss. And if you're just scoreboard watching, you're going, eh, Beach is a couple scores better than Cass City. All right, move on. So a nice win for Beach, but Cass City put up a pretty good fight and was put a scare into Harbor Beach. But if you're Mooney, you see them get this win, you're going, all right, we're, we're, 
Beach is still pretty darn good. We're validating the, those games, but Beach looks to be the, the second-best team in the GTC East until Ubley proves them otherwise. Sandusky crushes. Or Ubley otherwise. Yeah, Sandusky cruise, uh, crushed uh, Vassar 46 to nothing. And Sandusky can set themselves up to have a nice record. Um, Vassar, obviously a, a little down, but they play Memphis, Marlette, and Bad Axe. They could be 5-0 and going into Harbor Beach and Ubley, that back-to-back gauntlet, and at least give that game a little bit of intrigue. Yeah. But again, I, fair or not, and a little side tangent, is there anything Sandusky could do between now and the Harbor Beach game that would make you think Sandusky's the favorite? Or are those two programs just so entrenched in being the top dogs that... I mean, if Sandusky's 5-0 and oh and uh, Beach is 2-3... and three. I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm just saying what Sandusky can do. I mean, they, they, they just got to take care of business and, and be themselves and not worry about any of that. But, no, I mean, if they're winning, uh, I'll say, you know, okay, they, anything's possible, they have a chance. But until they actually beat Beach or Ubley, they're going to be my underdog going into those games. All right. That's just giving respect to those other two right. programs who have more than, than earned that respect. Uh, Bad Axe got by Reese 22 to 16. So they're one and one now, but th- this is clearly not the same Bad Axe squad that we've seen the last couple of years over in the West. Um, and uh, two more games tonight, I guess, with Marlette at home against uh, USA and Memphis at home against uh, Carroll. And I would love it if Memphis opened the season 2 and 0. Marlette's already beaten Caro. Memphis, you go out and beat Caro too. Make Dennis a very happy camper. A team that um has deserved respect, the mayor, Bill Brown, gets another <laughs> fifty-six to six win over K Pack. Think we might be looking at a special Deckerville season. Well, I just have that feeling after two games. Here's the thing. Garza, the quarterback, is being allowed to air it out. It's Eric yep. Garza. The first two weeks of the season, they're throwing the football, and that's something that Deckerville hasn't always done. But but they've got a guy. I, Garza last year in the K-Pack game threw a couple of touchdown passes, and I kind of was like, well, I'm not going to argue with Deckerville and their success. They know what they're doing, right. and they know their personnel. But I'm wondering why they don't throw the ball a little bit more. Right. <laughs> and, well, I think that message was received. Deckerville is um – yeah, after a couple of a few years that I guess by Deckerville standards has been substandard. Yeah, where they've been all right, but they've been bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs. I mean, they haven't won. They haven't. Ooh, they haven't won two playoff games since 2017. Sound the alarms! But it just feels like this is a team that might be poised for a big one. Week four, they play Brown City, and Brown City beat Dryden 66 to nothing. That could be one of the biggest games in our area in week four. Yeah, and and I, I, Brown City was so good last year. Like we, We've said it on the podcast. We thought they were the second-best team in the state right. in eight-man football. They have two really impressive wins, but I think against two teams that aren't going to win a ton of games well, this year. they play Kingston and Deckerville next. Yeah, Put so, up or shut so, up time. So now – 
now we'll find more out about Browns. I still think they're pretty good. Right. Like, as far as I can tell, Affer's the only kid they really lost off that team, mm. at least on the offense, who was getting the ball. I think Ford is back, and I uh, I think uh, Lawson let, Cooper. Let me see if I can pull up. Or, I is believe. it Lawson Cooper or Cooper Lawson? Let me pull it up. Talk for another minute. Uh, um, but but in any – The stats from the Brown City game, uh, Gallagher sent it to us. Lawson oh, Cooper. Lawson Cooper. Yeah, he had um, – a couple scores. Uh, he was eleven for seventeen, three touchdowns through the air. Yeah, he's got a strong arm and, and he can run. Had three uh, carries for eighty-three yards and two touchdowns. That's a new name. Halbert had uh, a touchdown. Cooper had two on the ground. On the ground, Van Lur- Van Der I believe, had the other rushing touchdown. Okay, so maybe Ford's not back no. there. So they've got. New backs. I recognized a couple of those names being on the team last year. Right. But they weren't the dudes last year. So it looks like maybe they've reloaded a oh little bit. Oh, my God. 500 yards to 32. Yeah. Well, that's what they do. That's what they do. Oh, my God. Trying had eight rushing yards. Oh, no. Uh, you got to earn it, too. It's been six years since they've had a team or whatever it's been. Still. Oh, I don't. That, that's tough. Um. Anyway. Brown City's still good. Peck How out. about Caseville put up points? Peck won 54-44. But Caseville, they can score. And, well, again, they just uh, can't stop our anybody. friend up in the thumb, Mike Gallagher, informed us that their running back was the 400-meter champion in D4 last year. That's a pretty nice weapon to have. Yeah. So Caseville. Especially in eight-man. Yes, Caseville will be scoring some points. This year, um, as well, but they've given up 130 points in two games, right? But Peck, hey, they're a young team, they're running backs, a freshman. They lost two all everything players from last year. They get a nice win to kick off league play, yeah. And and Caseville's losing streak is pushing 40 games, yeah. It's it's been a while putting it out there right now. It ends this year. I don't know what their schedule is, but. Are my my favorite vacation spot's gonna get a win sometime this uh, this year? They're not going zero and nine. All right, barring injuries. Uh, Akron Fairgrove beat Carsonville Port Sandlack forty two to six, and uh, Ashley shut out New Haven Merritt twenty two to nothing. That was actually Merritt's season opener. They didn't play last week. All right, so week two almost in the books, but I think the the game that everyone's going to be interested in Armada Yale. Uh, still yet to happen, and Dennis, I'm really excited for this one. I can't lie. Um, one, I, I get to finally experience Yale Park. I've never taken in a football game as a player, as a fan, as anything at Yale Park, so I'll get to see that. I'll get to um, get to just see what that's like, and I'll get to find out about these two teams because, I, Dennis, I have no idea – what this game's going to be like. I know Armada's a solid team. There's no denying that. But where does Yale stack up is the million-dollar question. Yeah. Uh, I do think that this will be a higher-scoring uh, game. Uh, I, I think the winner will at, at least have to be in the 30s. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. It, it'll probably be who can get the – 
the one more stop than the other team or who can get that turnover at the key moment. Right. Because for me, the key in this game is to try to get a two-touchdown lead. And then just hold it. Uh, yeah, and then and then just hope that that's, that's enough. But uh, um, I'm really excited. I, I want to see, again, I want to see both these teams play because I haven't seen either of these teams uh, play. Um, but um, I, wa- I want to see from my own eyes what I think I already know about Armada, and I want to see with my own eyes just what Yale is and what all the excitement and hoopla is about. Exactly. So uh, be back Tuesday, and we'll talk about that game and set up week three. Absolutely. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.